Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Fighting on Film, the podcast about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to cover it. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourers Bench. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. suppose we should jump in and explain what the actual film is. So, spoiler warnings. If you haven't seen a film released in 1940. <laughs> and you have no excuse. Uh, the film's only eight minutes long, so it's super short. Very short. And it's freely available online as well, so you have no excuse not to go and watch it before you listen to our ramblings about Miss Grant Goes to the Door. It's directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. Uh, movie buffs would know that he directed films such as Theirs is the Glory. Which we covered in our first episode. Malta's story. Uh, he also helped uh, produce The Lion Has Wings, which is another propaganda piece. So I, d- I don't know. I don't know a great deal about the Ministry of Information, but it seems to me that they were sort of like a, a government production company, and they were the ones behind the films, producing them, funding them, and sort of directing how they were going to tell certain bits of information in story form. That's it. So I think from my research, they they would put an outline of a brief out for what they wanted. They would approach filmmakers or filmmakers would approach them to make the films Mm. and then they would have to present their cuts and then it would have to go through their own rule set, you know, to fall into the the defence regulation guidelines. So the pamphlets that they're producing is going to have the same message in the film. So nothing gets muddled. Everyone knows that we have to, you want them to think a certain way. In this short film, there's a lot of signposting to what was at the time known as defence regulations. Yes. In fact... There's even a line in the film where she goes, well, owing to defence regulations, I've locked up all the maps in the house, you know. It's script by indoctrination, isn't it, almost? Yes. You know? There's there's a lot of exposition mm, of the government's it. guidelines in cinematic form. I think these films were put out before main releases, sort of like you'd get your newsreel, you'd get your cartoon, then you might get an MOI film, then you might get the big picture. So you're sitting there and you're forced to sit through it. Unlike a newsreel... These Ministry of Information films have a plot, have a narrative, they're actors. In this case, 
it's it's mirroring what could be potentially real life. You know, you're not going to waste your two shillings or whatever on a MOI film, but you'll waste it on going to see the new, I don't know, Gregory Peck film. Whoever was flavour of the day, yeah. <laughs> Miss Grant goes to the door is basically the plot of the film. She goes to the door. She does. We, we're thinking, well, if this was released now with clickbait culture and... If, we, if we're going clickbait, I thought, yeah. local woman discovers one easy trick for dealing with the Bosch. Brilliant. Absolutely love it. You can see it, Carty, on YouTube. <laughs> now, and I had, these anti-invasion life hacks will save you time and money. <laughs> What Miss Grant the, the other one was uh, what Miss what Miss Grant discovers at her door will shock you. Yeah, will shock and terrify. <laughs> Two sisters living together in a, a quintessential quaint English village in a cottage from an establishing shop. We find out now what makes the film interesting is it's set during an attempted German invasion. Yep. Basically, uh, they're coming downstairs after um, waking up in the morning. They're going to have their breakfast. And then the, the, there's what appears to be uh, an air raid. Uh, the church bell's going. And the next thing is possibly one of the most scary things you could see in 1940. Definitely. It's a Falcon yeah. <gasps> right at the window. Brief second. It's like a 1940s jump scare. It, is, it really is, actually. The way that's framed is it's a big panning shot of the living room. Yeah, it's a beautiful shot. It's a very effective shot. And it, and it does give you a fright the first time you see it. For me, it was like it's like Hammer Horror almost. It's, it's a bit... Wooden is a bit cheesy, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, like, Matt will tell you, I'm probably more the jumpy person of the of the, the podcast. But when I watched it first, I wasn't expecting it. Exactly. Um, and it did make, it made me jump a little bit. I was like, wow. I think it's just the way he's sort of... Yeah, he's sort of leering through the window. For me, it's like a psychological thing. It's like, oh my God, it's a German, but he's leering at us through the window like some sort of perverted Nazi bastard, you know? Mm. it's sort of it works on two levels yeah i mean well can you imagine i i imagine there would have been some, would have been some gasps in like the cinema oh definitely you know when it first aired i think if a lot of squaddies were in there possibly not i think they might have a bit of a laugh but some booze perhaps probably yeah i mean because but if you were young you know if you were maybe a, a housewife or something we've got we've got to think of the time possibly not now but your movie going public might be a bit shocked by that yeah well just just you know you have to think about the, the situation at the time mm. British Army's been forced back across the channel after Dunkirk. Yep. Invasion is scares are very... Invasion seems imminent, mm. which is something we'll discuss a bit more in yeah, a minute. later but on, yeah. Invasion is a very real threat at that point in, in the summer of 1940. And just, you know, all the papers are talking about the, the threat of paratroopers. Yeah. You know, there's there's invasion hysteria. There's a real concern and the whole country's like a fever pitch. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, this, this brief stark figure appearing at a window... And these women have just woken up. They've just woken up. They've come downstairs for breakfast. Yeah. And, you know, they hear a sound outside. And it's it's a paratrooper. That could be your window. Yeah, it could be. It's anywhere, isn't it? Because it's unnamed, the, yeah. the, the town. It's, exactly. it any, it's like a rural village in England. Probably southern Kent, because that's where they're expecting the raid to come. I would guess it was. it's on the south coast yeah. somewhere, yeah. And they're, you know, and, and then they're like, oh, don't worry. It can't hurt, you know. And then it, you hear this, <laughs> the guy falls. This, this Faustrinaker falls. 
slumps on the yeah. ground. She opens the door. Miss Miss Grant opens. She does it. Mrs. Grant goes to the door. She does the thing they say in the on the title of the movie. She does it, <laughs> which is amazing in films when that happens. But she opens the door. They bring the paratrooper in. They, he's they wounded. We don't know why he's wounded. He's probably hurt himself in the jump. I would imagine yeah. on his landing. Well, the fall from the anyway, window. So, yeah, I assume that. He injured himself in the jump. That would make the most sense to me. Possibly. Because I thought he was alive when he fell. Yes, he's definitely he's definitely alive because he, he, he sort of like staggers past the window. And then they, they open the door and he's he's collapsed on the floor. That's it. So they bring him they bring him in, they put him on, you know, the best sofa in the in the oh, city room. He's still manners, me. politeness. This is a stranger, he's still a guest. <laughs> Even if he's German, he's still a guest. We get the very first of of the sort of like instructional elements of the film. The rhetoric, isn't it? It starts battering you over the head the minute that Nazi comes in. One sister's more reserved, and she's you know. Um, oh, look at the blood. Oh. She doesn't. She doesn't want to bring him into the house. We get that this first sort of instructional element where one of the sisters brings up a newspaper, and it has uh, an illustration of Falschgemeier and what they look like. That's it. And. They sort of like hold it up against him and go, "It's a false Jäger or it's a paratrooper." It's a paratrooper, yeah. <laughs> and you know, she goes and gets the first aid kit. Uh, by the time she's come back, he's he's died. It's very matter of fact, you know. Yes. You know, it's very they're much not super shocked by the death. No, they're not, and it's sort of a bit odd. There's a definite stiff upper lip to their reaction to this dead false Jäger, That's for sure. It very much is, isn't it, of the time? Because she says like. Don't worry, he can't hurt you. Very, very practically, they then proceed to like search his body and find that he has a revolver in his jackboot. The more enterprising of the sisters takes it out and goes... Miss Grant, oh, that's, that's all it? Yeah, takes obviously, it. Of, of course, it's the, it's the eponymous Miss Grant. It is. And she takes the revolver and says, oh, this will come yeah, in she like, You know, she's just looking it over. Checks it cowboy style to see if it's loaded. Waddles it around a yeah. little bit. Yeah, she sort yeah. of like checks to see whether it's loaded or not. She like checks the chamber. I'm like, oh, okay, Miss Grant knows her stuff. She's an official. <laughs> she's been watching the armourer's bench quite clearly. <laughs> Um, she knows her onions. Yeah, I thought she was going to like break it open and like start pre- like. Uh... She was, yeah. A thirty-eight, a thirty-eight. This one is. <laughs> is this a four-five-five or a thirty-eight two hundred? Oh, <laughs> it was produced by Royal Enfield. That's a, cra- a cracking little revolver. So, um, yeah, and she she warns she warns. But they, uh, but just sorry to interrupt. On. Could they not have got a Luger? Yeah, they they could. I mean, it's I don't a bit know annoying. what the, the budget was for the film or what the availability no, of I props don't. were. But yeah, they could. I mean, they, I mean, they got SMLEs. Spoilers. That's yeah. a, little, a little later on in the film, but they did have those. I, sp- I suppose there's not a lot of Lugas floating around. Probably not. Fairly, fairly. Uh, I suppose that's fair enough. It's just an odd choice. It is. It's a little bit jarring for people in the know, but I suppose at the time, a gun's a gun. Very Oh, it's a gun. I say that as a small arms historian. That's like the worst possible thing I can say. A gun's a gun. A gun's a gun, isn't it? Yeah, they've got bullets (laughs) in them. Yeah, they'll go bang. (laughs) They all do the same job. So basically, this they, they have a dead paratrooper on their sofa. They have a nice mm-hmm. new revolver, and then there's a knock at the door. And who is it, Robbie? It's uh, well, he's first. You get a lovely little shot of him on his bike, and he's a he's a British officer. Um, it looks to be anyway. Mm-hmm. And he knocks, and he um, he says, "Oh, I uh, I saw a little bit of commotion going on. Can I can I help?" And the, and the ladies let him in, and he seems like um, to be a, a standing up gentleman. 
of the realm. Yeah, he's there in there in his uh, his his correct uniform and his his Sam Brown belt. Very and... smart. Yeah, yeah, looks very respectable. You know, and there's nothing wrong with the boy. You know, he he could be. But in. he's lost his map. He's lost his map. Doesn't know where he is. So he goes. Oh, he I doesn't wonder... know where he's going. I wonder if you have a map perchance, uh, an ordnance map perhaps. And um, Mrs. Grant. Oh, an ordnance map. Very specific. One of your lovely ordnance maps. Mrs. Grant snaps back. Well, I've I've got it under lock and clear. I have to abide by defence regulations. Exactly. We get the battering over the head of the of the. Be careful because these things are really important if you live in a rural area make sure you're following defense regulations because you're going to be the first people that possibly come in contact with the Wehrmacht or the Fauschenmäger so Miss Grant's sister goes to get the key and just as uh, Miss Grant's walking off to to help he goes oh I'm I'm looking for Jarvis Cross and you get this sort of shot of Miss Grant like (gasps) you know she's like you mean Jarvis Cross and he goes, oh, yes, Jarvis No, Cross. he doesn't. She doesn't give it away so, straight away. No. Does he not? Sorry, so, does she not get... Oh. He's like, she's like, oh, yes, Jarvis Cross. And then she sort of like goes to the, the bureau where she's locked away her ordnance survey. That's at. it. And uh, it quickly turns around and covers him with the revolver. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's yes. juicy, isn't it? I don't think he'll be going anywhere. It's just quite an action movie line. Yeah, There's quite a quip. Um, and he's he hands up immediately been foiled exactly. he's unarmed which is interesting he is unarmed which is weird i thought that I, was unusual i always assumed he was like a fifth columnist i assume so because like i don't think he was if he was dropped with the falchermager then he probably would not be in the uniform he'd be it's in. the only that's the only jarring part of the film definitely but it's just as a sort of looking back at it now it's kind of well what what is he doing there you know he's not clearly not a falchermager he must be a fifth columnist definitely a fifth columnist so after that um Miss Grant goes, go to the go to the town, get an ARP ward and all the, the home guards. Make sure Yeah, she, she sends her off to the police station, doesn't she? And she's she's sat having like a Mexican standoff with, That's it. with this this fifth columnist like sat there's the, a dead Falscrim Jaeger on the sofa yeah. and there's a fifth columnist sat at her, her morning breakfast table. The, the dinner table Mexican standoff, isn't it? <laughs> the breakfast table there. But I got written down here, it's um when she shouts to her sister to say, only tell the police or the ARP. Oh, I'd miss that one. For me, again, that's another... One of those instructional moments. Really is. And I, I almost assumed that was because it's like in a situation such as invasion, you're going to have to rely on your friends and the local community to get a band together. Mm. So it's like, don't tell a stranger... Tell someone you know, an ARP warden is respectable, a policeman is respectable. It's this whole class system thing coming in again that you get with these pieces. And it's like, look, you're going to have to rely on each other now because we're fighting on the home front, properly fighting something. Be careful who you talk to still. Yeah. You know, we don't want to give the game away. We don't want an armoured division turning up, you know, (laughs) (laughs) with Panzer twos or whatever, you know, flatten the bloody cottage. But like, it's, um, it's just another sort of, it's just rhetoric all the time. And it can get it in there. Yep. The film really jams it right down your throat. So the other Miss Grant cycles off. She does. She actually takes the fifth columnist's bike. Did you notice that? I didn't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> so she woman. leaves the cottage, yeah. walks around and, you know, she spots the, the bike the fifth columnist arrived on. She's like, I'll have that. And then I'll she just cycles yeah. off on his bike. Fair she enough. cycles off into the village and she passes. She's a young son hero. That's, you know, later on, that's why he can't exactly. escape. He's entire, you know, his escape just foiled completely. All he wanted was a map, yeah. probably. That's all he wanted. He did want a blooming map. You know. And foiled by these two plucky Grant sisters. Exactly. So heroes. she cycles heroes off. Of <laughs> she cycles off and on the way to the, 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 to the police station, she passes a 
unusual looking thing suspended from a tree. Oh yeah. 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 And it's it's a Falscrum Jaeger um weapons container. It is. It yeah. is. But we, we don't, don't know, know that, that yet. We don't, we don't know, know that. that yet. I mean we know that because we're quote unquote historians, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, the viewing public doesn't. But exactly. It's 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 shot really nicely, you know. She goes past and she sort of yeah. she looks at it it's like what? It's all really that? it's all really simple, but it's all really nicely done. The other Miss Grant arrives at the, the ARP warden and the ARP warden says, go and tell the LDV, the local defence volunteers. She reaches the, the ARP warden's post and he he says, this is a job for the... I think he says LDV. I assume he says LDV, but he what he mm, says is... It's, it's weird how he says it. Because yeah. I thought he said it's like a job well, for the doctor or something. It's not what he says. It's like been changed. You see, now that would be interesting because obviously... They've been called the local defence volunteers for some time. Maybe he says the DVs, not the defence volunteers. That might be right. He might say that. But obviously, the local defence volunteers sort of change... They change name. Yeah, they do. Because yeah. Churchill doesn't think local defence volunteers is punchy enough. It's look, duck and vanish, isn't it? That's what people say. So he basically says, in July, like late July, we're going to change the name to Home Guard. So the film actually comes out on, I think, the 5th of August. It's 5th of August, 1940. Yeah. So by that point... The LDV name is just just about two weeks out of date. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of the secondary source material is like, oh, that's a that's a real faux pas. So, I wouldn't have minded you know, that. that no. That's one of the errors in the film. I, I don't think people would have minded. I don't think I don't think it would have been something that people would have gone. Like knowing a little bit about no. the Home Guard history, some units might not have even had their armbands yet. Oh God, no! They so, they they, they had yeah. they had all the LDV armbands printed up they had millions of those yeah they're too many of them it'd be it'd be months before the the rest of the the home guard got the new home guard ones yeah, yeah so some units some units don't even have rifles exactly by exactly. this time you know it's a complete potluck whether you're getting what you need so yeah we cut to the um we'll say home guard from now and people know more yeah what we mean there's, a, there's an ldv home guard meeting going on and they're getting a briefing they're getting a, an instructional presentation by who i assume is a, an nco they were, they're all looking lovely. They've got their 37 pattern on, their, their home, their LDV uh, armbands on. They look very smart, which yeah. is complete. They're very well equipped. Yeah, which is complete negates everything you hear about early home guard sort of experiences where some guys just had jackets, some guys just had caps. They've all got uh, short magazine Lee Enfields as well. They do. They're incredibly well armed for 1940. But yet again, as we say, this is the propaganda piece, isn't it? Yeah. You don't want to show the public... The image. Yeah. That you know your local defence volunteer force might only have a shotgun and a load of pikes or something. You don't want to show that. You want to show we're armed to the bloody teeth. Come on, Hitler, do your worst because we've all got short magazine Enfields and spigot mortars and rocket guns and whatever. You know we're here. We can take you on. Well, you never know. There might there might have been a fifth columnist in the cinema. There might have been. Yeah, yeah, and then they would have reported back. Oh, is this Miss Grant film? The Home Defence Volunteers all have Leonfords. Oh, it's Robbie's German we accent. Should... <laughs> I feel we're going to hear that so many times during the series. He should not invade. Because I can't do one. <laughs> Call the invasion off. Mrs. Grant is more than a match for our Wehrmacht division. So the instructional briefing that we interrupt is basically very helpfully it's about paratroopers and yeah. the threat of paratroopers it's almost as if it do. was scripted isn't it almost like it's a it's, film that we're it's watching bloody lucky that they found out what to do no. right on the eve of the invasion yeah why they, this is a bit of a bit of a just a break in the in the narrative here but why, why are they having a briefing in the morning bit odd isn't it they'd all be they'd all be at work maybe they maybe they'd just been on like a patrol on like on patrol and they maybe. come in 
and they hadn't had time to Perhaps do they... like the evening the instructional yeah. bit and he's gone like we'll do it just, quick now lads got... don't worry yeah, it's, it's just, just paratroopers it's not important you know it's fine <laughs> anyway let's let's get back Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Hey there it's Michelle Norris I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen when I travel I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home and one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that when I was in California recently I rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's the plot we're going with. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm off on a tangent there. And then he, he points to this um, canister and he goes, look, make sure that that they're not, they're unarmed unless they get to their canisters, which is true um, of weapons. Yeah, which is that's yeah. factual, really factual. But this is something I wanted to say actually. Go ahead. When Mrs. Grant looks at that little cross section thing of a paratrooper in the paper, oh yeah, it wrongly states that they drop with their MP40s. Oh okay, I didn't know so because it says on it it says submachine gun attached to web belt ah. just in the corner. I blew the image yeah. up on online, and I was like. Well, then later on, it's wrong. So I reckon, this is just conjecture, but I reckon that they got that from an actual paper, proper paper. I think I've seen that in illustration before. But it's like, that's wrong, though, because you're providing the right information in the film. It's just a little bit of an odd hmm. tidbit there. But anyway, and then you've got the lovely wooden incendiary grenades, wooden Mills bombs. Yeah, so he opens up this, he's like, it's about five foot by two foot, and he opens up these two doors. It's marvellous that the local defence volunteers have these instructional aids. It's great. And he's like, you've got your, your uh, hand grenades, which are, they're Mills bombs, basically. Yeah. They're not, they're not German. They're not German hand stick grenades. grenades of any description. Well, those incendiary grenades, I thought they were meant to be stick grenades. They're a bit big, though, aren't they? They're massive. They're huge. <laughs> He could club someone to death with them rather than throw them. What does, it's what weird. does he call them? He calls them flame grenades. Flame grenades, yeah. yeah and I'm they're like, clearly like did, meant to be incendiaries, but like... Do the Falsham make even have those? I don't I know. Don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a grenade expert, so... It's a bit overkill. Like, just... Wouldn't want to jump from a from an aircraft with an incendiary bomb. Well, they wouldn't. They would be in the container, that's why. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm wrong again. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I don't, I don't know of any... German hand grenades that, that were... It's weird, isn't it? Incendiary at that I think point. it's to scare yeah. you, isn't it? It's the scare factor, surely. Oh, God, these guys have got flame bombs. Yeah, well, and they have they have um, extra Tommy guns, it says. He explicitly says um, extra Tommy guns, and they are literally wooden mock-ups of Tommy guns. They're, yeah, they are. They're, yeah. They are the outline of, like, an M1928 Thompson. Yeah, which is reality, weird. It'd be an MP38. MP, MP38, yeah. Or, um... So, carbines or whatever yeah it'd be, it'd be car 98k or an mp mp38 at that point i wonder if that's just what they had lying around to put in there because i know that some home guard divisions trained with 
wooden mock-ups. I would imagine it's just just a prop they had. Just what they've got in the studio, maybe. It's a bit odd. Yeah, it's unusual. I mean, it's unusual that they, inc- that they included actual Mills bombs. Oh, they proper Mills bombs in there. They look like they look like actual Mills bombs. I mean, I might be wrong, but they they look they had Mills bomb patterned. They're clearly not German grenades, but they look like actual Mills bombs. Perhaps it's just iconography for the viewer. That's what a gun. Yeah. You know, you've got you. Your gangster films are popular in the twenties and thirties. Everyone yeah, knows what a Tommy obviously. gun is. So possibly yeah, yeah. that's that's why they chose it. You know, we'll never know. Obviously, the meeting's interrupted, but they've learnt enough. They know, and the the instructor says, if you don't have time to capture the the actual uh, container, yep. put a few rounds into it and destroy it. So and it'll blow up. It'll blow up. I don't know how a few rounds will blow up, but yeah. spoilers, one does. It goes up like a, like a rate of knots. So the next scene cuts back to Miss Grant. It does, yeah. And she's still with our friend Jerry. No, no. A cheeky fifth columnist is asking for a cigarette. He's just listed as the officer. The officer, yeah. In the credits, yeah. So he's got his hands up and Mrs. Grant's got the Webley on him. And he like, he's just looking, he's giving her like dull eyes almost, isn't he? The puppy dog eyes. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, please. And he's like l- gesturing at this <laughs> this little box of cigarettes. And she's like... I wouldn't trust one of you an inch. She's very resolute. It's that line, isn't it? I love that line. It's like, don't mm. trust anyone. I wouldn't trust one of you an inch. Exactly. Or some sort. It's very anti-German rhetoric again. Oh, yes. And then he's like, oh, please. And, and then she, she... You know, she caves. She caves to the to the German. Pretty bloody quickly as yeah. well. Like... And she throws a cigarette and it misses. What makes me laugh is she goes, oh, no, I've 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 made a mess of throwing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she, she goes like, to grab it. Half misses and she goes for it. And he grabs the gun. Yeah, absolutely wrestles it off her. Yeah, you know, batters it to the it's ground. It's almost in like fact. her staunch Britishness cannot handle the fact that she hasn't physically given him the cigarette to smoke, even though he's a fifth columnist. I know. Well, I, th- I thought there was going to be I th- man. When, I, when I was watching it for the first time, I thought she was going to offer to light it for him, and that was going to be the, the moment <laughs> he pounced. Yeah. Turns know? out the Wibbly's just one of those fancy lighters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, poor Miss Grant's been battered to the ground. He then enters a, a weird sort of like panic doesn't he and yeah he gets really escape. sort of oh i gotta get out of here yeah but I, I don't know if you noticed it might just be me but the minute that scene happens he loses his hat in the struggle i think and then he gets mm. this like hitler-esque fop of hair that comes down over his face oh does he have you know did you notice that no i, didn't I thought notice it that. was me just clutching at straws but i was like no because that's what your average 1940s civilian thinks a Nazi looks like. They all look like Hitler. But, and he's like, oh, you know, all like German sort of halfness sort of trying to... So he sort of he sort of storms out the house, is absolutely fuming at the other grand sister that she's nicked his bike. Absolutely raging. So he, he, he runs to the shed, mm. puts two rounds into the shed door yep. to open it, which is, I thought, you know, it's only a shed door, you know. You should pull it open, mate. You just do that with your shoulder. But yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, he puts two rounds in the, in the door with the Webley. And he tries to get into their, their automobile, their motor car. He tries to commit Grand Theft Auto. He does. GTA 1940. And and guess what they've done, Robbie? Per defence regulations, they've removed the... They've immobilised the vehicle. They've removed the spark plugs. They have. Or the starter motor. I don't know which. I wasn't quite sure. But they've immobilised it anyway. You get that lovely shot of him looking and like, ah, oh, you know, he's so angry at that. It, it, I might have imagined it, but I, I swear to God, he says like, scheiße. Yeah, I think he does actually. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely like, says some German swear words. There's word. definitely some kind of German cursing going on. Mm. And then he goes to the bike. Yeah, the bike. He tries to nick Miss Grant's bike. 
you know, mm. bike for a bike. He has a bike for an eye. eye for an eye, bike for a bike, yeah. And uh, he puts he puts like another round into the bike lock. Yeah. And he just can't get spoilers out there. Shooting locks does not work in reality. No. It's not. It's not the. It's not the easiest way of opening a lock. That's for sure. It's a bit of movie. Bit of movie magic there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he puts another he puts another round in the in the in the bike lock and that doesn't work and he sort of like shakes it in in frustration and then runs out of the garage again doesn't he? Mm-hmm. By which time, thank God, other miscreants arrive back with the the home guard and, and as they're travelling in their lovely well I don't know what that car was it it, it someone will know when they watch it but it, it's a very nice that the fact they home guard unit have their own car well it, yeah you know? perhaps the doctor is the the NCO of the local urgent response team home guard. Home guard unit, yeah. Possibly maybe that was a, maybe that was a scene that was cut an establishing shot of him like with a stethoscope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they well, drive past the canister, don't they? And you get the nice do. the shot of him shooting the canister and blowing exactly. it up. Someone hangs out the window and there's a drive by. Is it with a Webley? With a yeah. With a, a Mark. I want to say four. Mark four. So either a Mark four or a six. I can't remember which. One will be four five five, and one will be thirty eight two hundred for the the gun aficionados out there. That's it. Yeah, it is. Very difficult to make out in the film. Although Taff Gillingham, our good friend, yep. did say it was probably a Mark IV. Mark IV, he said, yeah. V, Roman numeral. Five, five, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it goes up. Canister absolutely goes it up. It does. The The briefing was exactly right. It it totally destroyed that canister. It's those Massive explosions. those damned flame grenades. The flame grenades setting off the Mills bombs. Yeah. Causing it spontaneous combustion of the lovely wooden extra Tommy guns they had in there. Exactly. It's, it's all kindling. <laughs> yeah, it's all dry kindling. But it's a great shot. It's it a, it's a really, it's really effective, effective scene. Like it's it adds a little bit more action and breaks up the film. Because it ramps, doesn't it? It does. After the, the, the bit with Miss Grant getting tackled, mm. it does ramp up a lot. It does. You know, which is good. It's a good look it, it's a nice little set piece. Yeah. And then you you've got Mr. Fritz, he's trying to run away, you know, he's looking where to go, he didn't know where to go. And then, lo and behold, the home guard turn up, they get out, and the minute he sees the home guard, drops a Webley, and is taken prisoner. Yep. Hands up straight away. Complete surrender. He's got three rounds left in that Webley. He could have gone for it. it. Yeah, that's very true. You know, he could have put up a fight. Very quickly defeated. He is very quickly defeated. And perhaps that's another one of those sort of, like, things that they're trying to hint at. Like, with the slightest bit of resistance, the Germans, you know, they'll give up. Perhaps that's what they're trying to insinuate there. Yeah, it probably is. Don't worry, because we've got this covered. You know, the three home guards have got this covered. Yeah, you know, they have to instill a little bit of, you know, a bit of bravado, a bit of, like, um, confidence into it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the film sort of ends with uh, the, the the home guard NCO and the two Grant sisters, the heroes, sitting down to, to morning tea. And, you know, there's a little bit where he goes, um, she, she offers him sugar, and he's like, can you spare it? Milk and sugar, yeah. can you spare it? Oh, you've earned it. It adds to that, you know, everyday thing that people would have understood. Rationing is very much in, in force at this point. You keep your sugar and stuff and milk for best or whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it's a precious commodity and offering him a, you know, a tea with milk and sugars, you know, it's a big deal. You know, even though he's rescued them, essentially, you know. He did, work. He did the hard yards, bless him. <laughs> the film sort of rounds out. What do they say at the end? There's sort of... Well, he says that the important thing, ladies, is that you kept your heads. That's it. And, and according to my research, that was a big thing the MOI were pushing mm. in their leaflets, in their pamphlets, was keep your head. Yes. Was sort of a thing, like, don't panic. You know, and he, um, Miss Grant also says, hmm, I knew that something was afoot almost when he said Jarvis Cross, not Jarvis Cross. And she was like, this is important. Everyone should remember. Keep him talking. He'll, he'll slip yes, himself he'll, up he'll somehow. Give the game away, yeah, exactly. It's a very effective combination of 
pushing instructional elements. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instilling some uh, stiff upper lip, let's say, and enshrining it all into a neat cinematic package, which is which is entertaining. Rodney Ackland, who was uh, in charge of the screenplay, the dialogue, and was sort of the assistant director. He says, uh, when a rough cut was screened at the war office for the war office brass hats, a brigadier general said he had never been so scared in his life. The picture was pronounced far too frightening to be shown. The whole thing must be reshot again as a comedy. Oh my God. So what we're seeing is the second version. Yeah, that's that's a second, the lighter cut. And it makes you think, what the hell did they cut then? Because even with the second cut, it's still a bit. It's still pretty, you know. It's you know, it's you know, not tame. What the hell do you they know, cut? You know, she she gets beaten down. Yeah, you know, it, there's um, a bit of a rough and tumble. There's explosions. Yeah. There's gunshots. You know, there's uncertainty whether the home guard will turn up in time. It's very odd for us now to look back at then and think that's shocking. Yeah, makes you think what they cut. You know, did did Fritz get hold of an MP40 and massacre the town? Well, exactly. Um, but I've. I've got here from some other research that there's a Ministry of Information daily report on morale of the 5th of August 1940, the day the day it came out. Day it came out. It says the Prime Minister's message on invasion was warmly welcomed by those in positions of responsibility, and reports indicate that his warning was not without effect. Nevertheless, there are many who say that, taking into account the popular view that the invasion is off. Hmm. So even in early August. You know, your your public opinion is ah, they won't invade. Mm. Ah, it's they're not going to bother now. You know, the the, the RAF will knock them back. The Navy will knock yeah. them back. That report goes into the fact that it was housewives of London were more concerned about getting eggs than they were about the invasion. I can understand that. You you know, like the a normal person is more concerned with the day to day, the necessities of life than they are. Of course they are. You know, you the, know. The, the 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 troubles of governments. Mm. Let's say you know. But the, you know these these little reports oh, are cracking. What a, what a great source yeah. that is! And there's one every day from like mm. June, or sorry, late May, right up until early October. Um, but from a sort of a, a viewer's perspective of the time, I found a um, a documentary newsletter from September 1940. All right. And uh, Tom Tom Harrison writes he was a pioneer of mass observation as well, so he was one of the people who set. Um, the MOI into sort of in into happening. He wrote, Miss Grant goes to the door, best liked of the Ministry of Information shorts, apart from terrifying some rural spinsters and widows, was incidental propaganda for a people's war. The whole solution of her problem depended on her getting a revolver from the fortunately placed corpse. The sight of his untrained hand wielding the weapon, however ineffectively, at once played on the secret wish to have some weapon of protection in times like these. Trivial examples of this sort can be multiplied, and it's really amazing that any informed propaganda unit can have produced this for general distribution. So in that newsletter, a lot of people say, out of the sort of shorts they saw, Miss Grant is the only one that had any true effect on them as like moviegoers. So that's the one that had the most resonance. Yeah. Um, and it was Maybe. it was played on Channel Four in the eighties. That they they aired it a few times. Was it yeah, really? um, I didn't know that. That's really some, interesting. A, a YouTuber that I I was watching who uploaded it, but that they captured it on video um, from a nineteen eighty five showing on Channel Four. Oh, okay, as part of a Britain at War season. Well, it's, it's a really interesting artifact of that period of like inset like very visceral concern about an invasion. Yeah, 
you know, and what what can be worse for a country than the threat of invasion? Of course, and it, just equally, just after Dunkirk as well. Yeah, it's when literally you've... what three months? It's weeks, really, isn't it? It's like six yeah. weeks, something like that. Yeah. You know, the last lads get taken off on the, what the third or fourth of June or something. Yeah, you know, and the you've had the defense regulations come in, you've had the home guards set up, you've had fault lines created, you know, you've had people evac, you've had children evacuated. You know, so you're seeing it all the time. Propaganda posters everywhere. You've got speeches in the in Parliament about what to do about invasion. You've got leaflets, newspapers as well. Radio addresses. Every everyone's whipping you up into a frenzy of, yeah. you know, tomorrow they might drop parachutes. But it's but it's interesting to see that you know that that MOI source that you found concern wasn't that high at that point. No, and the, it, that you know, also that's... goes. Sorry, yeah, it it goes in to say that. Um, the bank holiday, people were out like in in normal numbers. No one was scared. Mm. You know, there was no. more worry about whether there would be enough trains or something to, to actually take them to the seaside. You know, they're not meant to be there, and that's the worst place to go. If you think about it. So Matthew, any um, any final thoughts on the film? No, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was effective. Um, I thought it was an, an interesting sort of artifact and resource for for understanding what was going through the minds of both government and the average person at the time. I thought it was a well shot film, nicely mm. made, well worth spending eight minutes or as I watched it like three or four times. And also, it also is like stands a rewatch as well, which is you know, yeah, it it holds up to a second viewing, a bit of a testament mm. to such a short, quickly mm. made film. I think we're obviously we're viewing it through our sort of historian historical eyes, but just as a as a short little mm. snippet of a film, it is it is interesting to watch from a a completely non historical approach. It is it is a nice little movie. The thing I took away from it was it's nice to know that they were making films like that for people in a sense. So if I like, I put myself in the shoes of someone who was watching it for the first time. Um, and I was like, well, yeah. if I'm in a cinema and I'll take solace in thinking that, Oh, the ministry of information, they're thinking about me and my needs. You know, what's going to happen to me if we get invaded? Oh yeah. They've got that. We've got the home guard, you know, the fifth columnists are going to get slipped up because I'm too clever. Well, if miss Grant can come through, yeah, so if, can I, if a 40 year old woman can, possibly not give a cigarette to a fifth columnist but <laughs> but she won't um, do that again she won't she won't be giving any more fifth columnist ciggies no way she, she'll learn <laughs> you know keep her gold cut away from them <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed listening to us ramble on about a nearly 70 year old film well more than 70 year old film now yeah thanks for listening guys um don't forget to follow us both on twitter i'm at historic firearm i am at rm underscore Millie underscore history well there you go that's easy to remember <laughs> and don't forget to follow the podcast twitter at fighting on film and special thanks to our executive producer katie mcguire this is the fighting on film podcast saying good night and good bless and good viewing Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.